What's up, everyone? Welcome to the Personal Growth Podcast, Time to Grind. Here we discuss how to be the best version of ourselves every single day. I am your host, Kim Wynn, and I'm no expert, but I bring you tools and practices that I've used to transform my own life and guests who can bring their own wisdom and new perspectives your way. Changing your life and healing is completely up to you. I'm just here to spark your imagination and give you new ideas. If you want to do the work, you've got to get out there and grind. Let's do it together. This episode of Time to Grind is sponsored by Strong and Shredded. Okay, listen, you guys, you all know that I have struggled a lot with dieting and nutrition. I started out not knowing what I was doing with my own nutrition and dieting journey, and I made so many mistakes. And then I met Tyler Newton. What I love about Tyler and the coaches over at Strong and Shredded is it's not some one-size-fits-all program. They work with you based on what your goals are and what you want to do. So whether that's 75 hard, bulking, keto, or whatever diet you're choosing, or if you're like me and you've moved to intuitive eating and kind of being anti-dieting, Tyler and the team will support you through your goals. I would not be where I am today without his help. You'll not only get help with fitness and nutrition, but you get support for things like your mindset and routines. It's so much more than getting fit. So if you want to join me and so many other listeners in transforming your life with the coaching at Strong and Shredded, reach out to Tyler today to set up a free consultation call. Mention the code KIMPOSSIBLE. (laughs) Tyler picked that code out, so that just shows you what a fun guy he is. Mention the code KIMPOSSIBLE and you'll score a great deal on coaching and be part of an amazing community alongside me and so many other Time to Grind members. The link is in the show notes. And don't forget, Kim Possible. I think I just found my next Halloween costume. Back to the show. Welcome back to the show, everyone. I am really excited for today's episode. I'm going to introduce you to my guest. Her name is Jessica Dennehy, and she's a best-selling author, business strategist, and speaker on a mission to empower leaders to pivot their business and mindset so they can slay their goals and enjoy the freedom that comes with success. Through her company, Pivot and Slay, she helps entrepreneurs reach out of their comfort zones and find their authentic selves and start taking the risks for necessary success. As a yoga enthusiast, which I love, small business owner and former Wall Street regulator, her unique style guides entrepreneurs with actionable items they need to shift their mindsets and take their business to the next level. Her expertise and diverse background have landed her features in several media outlets such as Forbes, New York Weekly, New York Post, Legal Zoom, LA Weekly, Authority Magazine, Women's Daily Magazine. I could go on and on. Welcome to the show, Jessica. I am so excited to have you here. Thank you so much. I'm so excited to be here. I, you guys, have actually read Jessica's book. I love it. It's been very helpful for me and my own business I'm building, and I love her content. I was so excited the second I read her book, and and you were so helpful to me personally. I was really excited to invite you on to chat. We're going to talk today, you guys, about um, 
a few things regarding the concept that Jessica has that I love, which is pivot and slay. And before we do that, I want to talk to you a little bit about your own story and where you started because you used to be on Wall Street working a completely different job. And as someone who is in transition from leaving the job that kind of drains me to doing what I love, I'd love to hear your story. Sure. I'd love to give it. And thank you for having me. I, yeah, my dream as a child was to be a lawyer. Um, I was always interested in like arguing different sides of a point and kind of trying to challenge myself to see the other person's side of it, which as a lawyer is a great skill to have, because then if you can understand what the other side is thinking, you can better argue against it. So that always intrigued me. I basically had planned my whole life out to go to law school and become a lawyer on Wall Street. And I took a lot of hurdles and, you know, pivots to get myself there, but I did. And I enjoyed it for a really long time, for years. I was there for 10 years total, but um, towards the end, I started to feel unsatisfied with that job, which was kind of a weird thing to admit to myself because I had worked so hard to get there in the first place. And I didn't really understand, you know, what was unsettling for me at the time. But in retrospect, I feel like I just didn't have the freedom that I wanted to have. I had to take the cases they gave me. I had to fight the battles they forced me to fight. And I had no control over my time, which became more important as I started to form a family. And I was commuting back and forth into New York City, which is about, you know, an hour on a train. And I just couldn't see my kids you know, the amount of time I wanted to or get that quality time in. And it started to get really frustrating. And that's kind of the pivotal moment for me where I didn't know what to do, but I knew that I wasn't quite happy anymore. And I think a lot of people find themselves there and then they kind of get stuck because their skill set was curated for exactly what they're doing. So if they don't do that, what can they do? And our Sometimes our identity is tied to this role and this career that we've made for ourselves. So then the bigger question is, if I don't do this, who am I even? (laughs) Right. I mean, I think also we live in such a work-driven culture that even when you ask somebody what they like to do or who they are, a description of their job is one of the things inserted to who we are. It's just, it's almost our identity. So yeah, I I relate to when you built up something for yourself, what do you do when that no longer suits you? The answer is not easy either. And it wasn't easy for me. Like my storyline from there was I stumbled into business. It wasn't something I thought I ever wanted. Even when we started it, it wasn't something I felt really passionate about. Um, what happened was I was married at the time and my, we were about to have a baby and my husband at that point didn't have a job, but he had a good business idea. And he was like, well, I really want to open a brand of luxury barbershops and neither of us cut hair or know anything about it. But we like, I don't know, his enthusiasm for it made me feel confident in it. So I was like, great, I'll fund the business and you go build it out. And I'll just keep working on Wall Street and I'll keep financing our life so you have the freedom to go build out the business and let's see what happens. Never in a million years did I ever think I would be in it with him. 
But as time went on and the business grew and he was learning so much about it, I started to see the freedom that he had. So he would be home at like three o'clock in the afternoon with the girls, my kids. And, um, you know, he would one, one week we'd make a killing and one week it'd be slow. But like there was that ebb and flow where you start to think there's a lot of financial possibilities here. Whereas my job is like, no matter how much I work or how much I don't, I'm going to be making the same amount of money. So I started to see like glimmers of this freedom in all different ways, time freedom, um, freedom financially, and then also freedom of alignment, right? Like he got to build a business that was really catered to who he is as a person and suiting his personality. And I don't know, something about all that really got me revved up. And I started to first feel that entrepreneurial spirit, but I was still at Wall Street. So I, I wasn't quite a business owner yet. I was more of like a collaborator at that point. And at some point, the business took off so much that we thought we should capitalize on the momentum and expand. And at the same time, I could leave my job and not have to be there and be miserable anymore. So it's a win-win. So we decided that I would leave and, you know, start to work on the business more. And then I could be home with the girls more and it would be awesome. And that's what we did. So I left Wall Street, which was a huge risk because I had like the million dollar pension and the six figure job that we all are told is what we should be doing with our life. And I had healthcare and all that stuff that as a business owner is really a novelty and a luxury. But in corporate America, it's like a given. And I left all that to go all in on this business and expand the business. And so that's what we did. We started to grow that business and grow that business. And we got divorced in the middle of it, but we still have the businesses going strong. And two years ago, I decided to go do another business, which is small business entrepreneurial coaching. And kind of impart my wisdom that I've learned over the last 10 years of business ownership onto new entrepreneurs who are trying to scale their businesses. And I can, if I can help them sidestep some of the mistakes I've made, then they can get to where they want to be faster. And so once you get the entrepreneurial bug, that's what happens. You open more businesses and you just kind of keep moving forward. I guess I think the big question is, I think most people get stuck in this life because you know we're told a certain kind of way of living is the is the way to be right to get a safe job um i know my my parents even get nervous at the thought of me leaving my job because it's it's comfortable right we have benefits we have health insurance all things i'd have to take care of on my own if i'm out on my own and i think would you agree that a lot of people are chasing that paycheck and that comfortable job versus their purpose? I would agree completely. Yeah. And the funny part is one thing I ask my coaching clients when they onboard is what do you want? It seems pretty simple, but you'd be surprised that nobody knows the answer. And that's really the problem. And that's why people feel stuck because they're in this job that's not fulfilling them, but they don't know what would. And if you can't answer that question, it's terrifying to make a move because you don't know what you're moving towards. 
where's your hat? If you're unhappy here and you want to move towards happiness, you need the compass telling you which direction happiness is located, but you have lost touch with what would be fulfilling to you. Do you think that's because, you know, I think a lot of people probably feel called to do more with their life and, and have some purpose and passion and maybe don't know what that is. Do you think that that's because as let's say, you know, the generation that we both are, let's say like thirties to fifties or so, we basically have lost some sense of self in raising kids, having families, um, being spouses, being employees, and we've kind of lost what really drives us and fuels uh, our own happiness and kind of sets our own soul on fire. I do. And I was actually at a women's event a couple of weeks ago and I was speaking and that's the exact topic that I spoke about is finding yourself outside of the roles that you play because your career doesn't define you. The fact that you're a mom doesn't define you. And, you know, you need to start digging deeper into who you are because you are a person outside of you as a business owner, as a wife, as a husband, as a, you know, parent, you're a human being. And if you lose touch with who that human being is, you won't ever find happiness. And many of us, I, I'll, I was speaking to a group of women, so I kept saying mom, but parents in general, we lose ourselves in the hustle of parenting because as our kids get older and they have their own emotions and their own dramas and their own schedules, we become their taxi driver and their therapist. And our whole life revolves around what's what their schedules and lives revolve around. And it makes us like a shell of a human. And you see so many parents walking around really un, not animated at all, not driven to do things for themselves, actually purposely putting themselves on the back burner. And I said to this group of people, like, what message do you think you're sending your kids? Because I know we're all doing this and I'm guilty too. I've done it before. We're doing it for the kids. That's what we tell ourselves. But at the end of the day, what are we showing them? We're showing them that being unhappy is acceptable. We're showing them that being um, worn down and you know mildly, mediocrely happy is cool. And that's what you should expect out of life. And is that really the message we want to send to them? No, there's no one who's thinking, yeah, that's exactly what I'm trying to teach my kids. We think we're doing it to help the family, but all we're doing is deteriorating who we are and all the lively energy we could bring to everything. And once I realized that and I stopped, and I said, I'm going to prioritize myself a little more, not, not in a selfish way, but in just finding what I want that would make me happy, which was Pivot and Slay and helping entrepreneurs. I brought this beacon of light into my life and I shine that light on my kids and I shine that light in my business and I shine that light in my life. And it changed the entire dynamic of my life. It made my kids happier, right? They had the opposite effect. It didn't make them feel like, I was abandoning them or anything. It made them feel like, wow, this is what's possible. We can have a happy house and a happy life. How awesome is that? <laughs> it's amazing. It's really all societal standards put upon us that give us that 
you know, I'd, I'd say mom guilt, but parental guilt, you know what I mean? And, and also this idea that uh, it's great to be selfless and bad to be selfish. So bad to take care of yourself. We should be pouring everything into everyone else and giving to ourselves last. Where that's completely opposite what we should be doing, right? It's filling our own cup so that we can continue to give to our kids and the people that we love. Yeah. So in your book, you say that opportunity doesn't wait for the ideal time. It presents itself and you must decide if you'll hop on for the ride or let it slip away forever. And that line really spoke to me. Um, I think a lot of people let those opportunities pass them by or they're living in such a fog that they don't even recognize when one presents itself. How does one capitalize on those opportunities and pivot so that they can move forward towards these changes for a better life? Well, I think it's important to to say something that's unpopular, which is you're not that unique, right? You you are, you have your own experiences, but the the trials and tribulations that you go through, they're not unique. You know, I I am who I am today, but it's not because I was handed this life on a silver platter. Like I had excuses too. I had reasons I shouldn't be speaking on stage. I shouldn't be opening a business. I shouldn't you know, be in a courtroom. I shouldn't go pour into myself. I had all the same excuses that you guys make for yourselves every day. I have them. Kim has them. Everyone listening has them. We all have them. It just is your desire for more outweighing your excuse. And and that's what it has to be. Like your, your dreams and your goals and your desires have to be larger than the excuses you make. And when I opened my first business, I was a one week away from having my first child. Like I have a picture of me opening the door to the barbershop and my gigantic belly. Like I never had a kid before. I was about to have one and I'm like, Ooh, well, this opportunity presented itself and I'm going to go for it. I could have easily said the opposite. It's not the right time. Bubble. It's never the right time. There's no such thing as that. And the opportunities, they're going to come when they come. And it's up to you to say, I'm going to let go of all those excuses and move forward anyway. And that's exactly how I operate my life now, because that moment changed the entire course of my life. If I had said, no, it's not a good time. Who knows if I ever would have found a space that was perfect for the barbershop? Who knows if I ever would have continued? Who knows where I'd be now? We have no idea but I had to take the risk at that moment. And it was scary. No one wants to go into a business that needs a lot of money right before they have a child that needs a lot of money. You know? So when you're, when you're scared to take the step, just, just realize all the people you're looking up to and watching every day for inspiration, they all had that moment too, where they could have used their excuse and instead they stepped into their power. And that's what you have to do in those moments when an opportunity presents itself. If you can't see the opportunity, that's a whole different story. (laughs) Right. So, I mean, a a huge chunk of this is mindset. Yeah. Right. Because, um, you know, I, I fully relate to hopping on for the ride or letting it slip away forever. 
before I started this podcast, I knew I had a following and I was like, okay, I'll do something with it or not. And so I jumped in and I, I could have let a lot of excuses get in my way, right? Didn't know what I was doing. Um, who's really going to listen to me? I think things like self-sabotage and imposter syndrome will creep in, which are signals for fear. And we let those things stop us. So how do we slay with the right mindset? And, you know, why does just that shift in our mindset make such a difference? Well, your mindset makes the biggest difference because your voice is playing in your head all day. You hear this voice the most. So whatever you say to yourself in your own head, that's the story that you're going to believe. And when you see an opportunity, um, like you mentioned that you had a following, but who's going to listen and who's going to this and who's going to that. So many entrepreneurs or people get caught up in having to know how the story ends. But the truth is this is a journey and there's probably very little chance that you're going to be able to guess what the end point is, right? Because there's, I, I've jumped into so much in my life. And what I can tell you is everything I thought would go wrong never actually happened. And a whole slew of other crap is what happened that I hadn't even thought of yet. So I think part of getting over the mindset hurdle is understanding that sometimes you're, most of the time you should be following your instinct and not having an expectation of how it's going to play out. And I knew a couple of years ago that I was going to help entrepreneurs, but I didn't know how. But I could have stopped at that point and just been like, well, until I know how, I'm just not going to do anything. And I think that's where people get stuck because they don't understand the how. But they have this great idea or they have this great instinct to do something and they just don't move forward at all. So I started giving out advice on how to get um, you know, loans during the pandemic. But I wasn't making any money off of it, right? And then someone asked me to go on their podcast, so I did. I was just kind of surrendering to the flow of life. So I was like, I want to help entrepreneurs, but I don't know how. And life kind of presented me with some opportunities. I never thought in a million years that that would somehow lead me down the road to opening an entire coaching company and speaking on stage in front of hundreds of people. I had no idea that that's where it was going to go, but I just leaned into it because it felt right. And so if you're struggling with you know, how to get over the mindset stuff, I would say there's hints and and directionals all around you that you're probably just ignoring because you don't fully understand how or why they're there. Start leaning into those little things and see where it takes you. And and don't worry about the expectation of how or what it means or the bigger picture. Sometimes just following those, those things that are naturally coming up in your life, if you're just leaning into them and following them, the right path suddenly presents itself to you. What would you say to someone though, who, and, and all of that, I completely agree with, um, and, and shifting your mindset's a constant battle. It's something we constantly have to work at because it's natural for our brain to go to the worst thing possible that could happen and to jump into fear when things aren't easy, like when people are broken, 
at the bottom struggling and trying to pick themselves up. Like, what do you say to people in that situation um, who just have a difficult, difficult time seeing anything possible kind of? I think those are the moments where reconnecting to who you are as a person are the most important because the only way your happiness really has to come from you, from inside of you deep down. And I think when we get in these ruts, it's because we're looking for all these external things to fulfill our happiness. So if I make XYZ money, I'll be happy. If I get the big house, if I get the car, if I get to eat at a fancy restaurant, if I have a child, those things will make me happy. But the truth is you won't ever feel happy with any of that unless you start from within. So when we're at our lowest moments, a lot of times we start to search for those external things because it's easier to pull from something external and get that happiness. The harder route is to kind of sit in the suck of it for a little bit and figure out like, what is it that actually would make your life better? What is one little thing you can do? Is it breathing more fresh air so you go outside for 10 minutes a day? Is it you know, starting to eat healthier? Is it seeing your friends more? What is it that you can do and implement tomorrow that would make your life just a tiny bit happier? What is it? And connect to that and start to do it. It doesn't have to be a big grand gesture. I think a lot of times in our low points, we're so focused on that big, huge um, thing that we want to attain we don't think about how many steps it takes to get there. So just taking that one step towards the big goal or the big achievement, that means a lot. And it starts to get the ball rolling. How does yoga play into your own mindset? So I'm, I'm like total beginner yoga and I'll see like you and other people do all these amazing poses that I have yet to even get anywhere near, but Um, For me, as someone with anxiety, PTSD, I always avoided yoga. I found it during 75 hard when I was looking for recovery type of workouts. And it's so powerful for my mindset. Talk about kind of your journey with yoga and, and how that plays into your own mindset and, and health and well-being. Well, similar to you, when I first tried yoga, I was extremely frustrated and I disliked it a lot. Looking back on that, I know now why, because it was forcing me to be alone with my thoughts, my inner dialogue. And as I mentioned, there's some points in your life where you just have to sit with that suck. You can't look for those external things to distract you. Because there's your body and your mind are trying to tell you something and you're not listening because it's easier to distract yourself than to listen to yourself. And so I tried it a few times and I didn't understand why I just didn't like it. Well, it was because of anxiety. So in 2016, my then husband and I were separated and I was just beside myself, miserable, sad, heartbroken. And I couldn't quiet my mind at all. I just had racing thoughts and constant anxiety. And people kept telling me to go to yoga. And I was like, I already hate yoga. <laughs> but I one day I said, I, I've tried everything. I Maybe I should just try it again. And 
I struggled so much through that first class because I went to a class that was a little more physical. And so if you, if you're struggling with something, what I've learned is pushing yourself a little bit extra physically, whatever that means to you, it doesn't have to be yoga. It kind of forces your mind into a focus setting. So because the, I was not good at yoga then, and I, I was struggling with the postures, I had to concentrate all my thoughts and effort into holding a pose. And what I realized by the end of the hour was I felt so much lighter in my head. And it, you know, over time, what I, what I've came to know is that that's a form of meditation, right? When you're just focused on one single thing and I couldn't achieve that outside of this physical activity, I couldn't stop my mind. I couldn't stop the crazy train. So I continued to go because I felt so light after, because even just that one hour of singular focus helped my mind calm down a little bit. So I became addicted to that feeling and I didn't know any other way to achieve it. And so I just kept going. And then it started to get more fun, like because I could play around with the postures, I got a little bit better at it. And I started to challenge myself because now then I could start meditating. Like that's how I ended up learning how to meditate and training my mind. So now that I'm proficient with it, I can, you know, I can tell earlier about when my body starts to get anxiety, even before it becomes a thought in my head. It just made me so much more aware of my body and my mind connection. And I think for that reason, it's something I can't live without now. I, I relate as far as I'm a big meditator. So everything you said about your mind um, and being addicted to it, I feel the same way about meditation. And, and I have that feeling when I, when I finish, I'm, I'm just, it's like a weight lifted off of you. That's kind of hard to describe in words, but I want to talk about failure for a second because it's such a huge part of anyone's journey to finding their purpose, um, you know, building a business, whatever someone's trying to do. And I think failure is key. One of my favorite quotes is Michael Jordan saying that um, he succeeds because he fails. Um, talk to me about like a, a failure that you've had that was key to where you are now. There's been a lot. But the one that is most prevalent in my mind is my very, very first, first big one. And that was when I, when I worked my whole life to get good grades and um, set myself up to get into a law school that I was proud of, my whole plan failed. And I, got, I ended up getting like waitlisted into every law school that I applied to. And I was pretty devastated then. And it's actually kind of funny because now it's like you've been through so much other stuff. Like that's the least offensive thing that can happen. But in that moment, right, after all this buildup and all this schooling and years and years of tests and stuff and nights I gave up with my friends so I could get good grades, I didn't even get into any of the schools I wanted to. And I was pretty, pretty devastated. And so I ended up like getting some kind of like legal adjacent job, at, uh, like a real estate law firm or something as a paralegal. And I was like, all right, I'm going to take off and, you know, just kind of see how it goes. Well, the night before school started, I ended up getting off the wait list of one of my schools and I was about to move my family to Florida. So there's a dramatic story in there. But fast forwarding, I got in 
And I thought that was the end of my failure journey, but it was actually just the beginning because I was suddenly surrounded with all these amazing, amazingly smart people, way smarter than me. I was behind the times because I hadn't prepared a thing. And I ended up doing really, really awful my whole first year of law school to the point where I thought maybe this isn't what I should be doing at all. Maybe this isn't for me. And without those two things happening, me not getting in and then me basically almost failing out, without those two things happening, I wouldn't have had the opportunity to really push myself to the limit I needed to, to get to the place I wanted to be. I feel like the motivation there to get in and then to do better and then to get a job that I was proud of almost became like tenfold because I was failing so miserably. <laughs> and that was really my first lesson in how much you can learn from failing. Um, I really learned a lot about myself during those times and how to pivot and how to adapt to a situation that was less than ideal. And I see now, having written the book, I was able to make and connect all those dots of how that moment really helped me get better at life and help me in business later on. So I want to close with a couple like quick little questions that I like to ask. If you could send a text message that would go out to everyone in the world right now, what would you tell people? Slay the day. That's what I would say. And would you agree that sometimes that looks different, right? Like for me yesterday, it was like self-care and relaxing. And today it's about getting all the things done on my list that I need to get done. Like it doesn't, I think, um, for me, uh, slaying isn't always running at full speed. It's knowing when I need to slow down a little bit too. I agree a hundred percent. Who inspires you? Because you're such an inspiring person and you help so many people. Who inspires you? My kids. My kids inspire me so much because they, kids are funny like that. They make you realize a lot about yourself. Um, but one, they've been through a lot, my kids. And so when I'm having a down day, I just look at them and I try to emulate their behavior sometimes, which sounds silly and counterintuitive, but like my little daughter, she's just always so full of life and love and happiness and like, no matter what goes on in her life and she's had some trials, she comes out smiling. She's always giving like 150%. And when I'm struggling, I look at her and I think, man, if she can, if she can come to the table like this, so can I. And then my older daughter, she's just so like thoughtful and inquisitive and um, always yearning for learning more and more. And so when I feel like I'm hit a plateau or I don't know what direction to go in next, I channel her energy and I'm like, she would find a way to learn something about how to change this. And so I, I use them to inspire me every day. Love that. As a mom, I love that. Um, and last, so we talk a lot about, you know, people who feel stuck. And I think we have a lot of people who are definitely capable of so much more and meant for so much more, but not living that way. 
what is something like a, a gift or a quality you wish you could give that person to like help propel them forward? What do you think is a quality that's like uh, an ingredient to success? Self-love, self-love. I, there's so many, when I see someone struggling, especially someone I care about, what I try to do is take an instance from our ex shared experiences and be like, remember when you acted this way or did this thing? And it's not a big moment that they would remember. It's more of something I saw and I remembered because it was impactful to me. And I think what that does is help them get out of looking in the mirror and start to see themselves the way that I see them or the way that someone else sees them. Because oftentimes we're just, we're scared and we don't see the amazing qualities inside of ourselves that other people see in us. And so if you can extract a story from someone's life or experience with you that that exemplifies how amazing they are, I think that will help them love themselves harder. And if you love yourself, you can get through pretty much anything. I love it. Self-love is definitely key. I think my life for sure changed once I started to love myself more. So listen, you guys, Jessica is amazing. Uh, follow her all of the places. Where can everyone find you? You can find me on social media at the Jessica Dennehy. And you can find everything you need, applications to my program, my podcast, um, you know, more information about me, free resources, all at pivotandslay.com. Yes, you guys, check out. You have a brand new podcast. So congratulations on the podcast. I'm so excited for you. Thank you. It's wonderful to reach a lot of people. So I can't wait to see where that journey takes you to. I it's very fulfilling. That. So I'm yeah. excited. I am subscribing. And um, you guys, go check out all Jessica's stuff. She's absolutely incredible. And she's been so helpful to me when I really needed it. I love people that give value, um, you know, without expecting anything in return. And then, you know, when it's, I I'm a firm believer in that, like give value, give value, give value, because it's so fulfilling to help people. I will be back next week with a brand new episode. You guys, in the meantime, I usually say get out there and grind, but this week I'm going to say pivot and slay. <laughs> um, so get out there and pivot and slay, uh, and check out Jessica's book. It's amazing. Everyone have a great week.